The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Sorry if you heard air noises throughout that uh, intro. I for, didn't. Re- I just realized that it was not on mute. <laughs> so, but uh, it might have been some clicks or whatever. But I don't think anybody talks, so it's all right. Welcome to another football to the max here. As what a thrilling. Well, two of the games were thrilling. Three even. One of them just sucked. But that was kind of expected. But still, some good divisional round games headed into now the conference championship. You must be feeling good right about now, Eric. I feel good, even though I was initially reluctant. However, I feel great that there's a Nostradamus on our team, but I feel weird that there's someone who doesn't even know the scheduling of how the playoffs work. Eric is, of course, referring to Jalen Ramsey, who after the game, after they disposed of the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in what first was a route and then turned out to be a much closer game, the Jalen Ramsey goes on to say that they are not only going to be at the Super Bowl, which means they would defeat the New England Patriots uh, this weekend, but they would go next week to and, and win the Super Bowl as well. Uh, Jalen Ramsey forgets that there's a Pro Bowl that gets played in between weeks there, and there is no Super Bowl the week of the championship game. But it's okay. He just played a really hard game. for. Well, he played a really hard game. We're not used to having to deal with the bye week between the conference championship and the Super Bowl. Not to mention, there might have been some hidden damage from that A.J. Green chokehold that he was in, so I'm willing to give him a pass. Fair enough. It's, if he's still feeling the effects from that A.J. Green chokehold, I think he might have some issues that are deeper than than that. Look, but. I'm not one to talk, I'm not one to judge, I'm not a doctor, I don't play one on TV, I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night, so I'm just going to leave it as it is. <laughs> I like that you still remember that commercial. 
Of, of course. How could I forget? I feel like that kind of died, and then it's been around here and there sometimes. But it's just like, ah, what a what a time to be alive during that. Where sometimes my my stepdad also worked for Holiday Inn for a while as a the banquet manager. So you can imagine we stayed in quite a few Holiday Inns. And Holiday Inn's Expresses, so I wanted to have that feeling of feeling like I was smarter. Yeah, it, b- b- between my different various experiences with hotels of that ilk, it, it fits. I mean, not to mention, hey, Circuit City and Roseanne are coming back. Why can't we bring back that ad campaign? I do not understand the Circuit City thing at all. Like, it was a middle-of-the-road, like, if Best mm-hmm. Buy is the top, Circuit City is, like, I don't, I don't know what was, uh, what was below Best Buy in that kind of category, but... Radio Shack? Yeah, well, it was a better Radio Shack because it actually had things that Best Buy has mm-hmm. that Radio Shack doesn't, but it's just, like... Why? <laughs> Just as if brick and mortar stores really need to be getting made more at this point. It's more like you need to be regressing them. But hey, whatever Everybody floats your boat there. Focused. Everybody's still focused on bigger and better. Soon society will realize that smaller and efficient is the key. Just hope it's not too late. Yeah, I mean, you're just going to have to remember that, hey, it is what it is, and and the times are a-changing, and have already changed. But let's talk about things. There's no reason to talk about games that already happened here. We were a little bit too late for that. I mean, if you want to, I feel like we do have to mention that ridiculous end to the Vikings and Saints game. I mean, one play that changes it all. And the thing was, too, the defender, whose name I can't remember right this second. Williams? Yeah. He actually started every freaking game for them as a rookie. Mm-hmm. And he actually had a really good year. And then all who are going to remember from this year for him is that play. Well, that's because... And- it's a hashtag, Minnesota Miracle. It's a great Joe Buck call. It's a great local radio call. Not oh, the to local m- radio call was insane. Not to mention the number of memes that you have and GIFs that you can create just from that footage of him as he's ducking his head in that particular pose. Sorry, but it, it, this is a day and age to where if you're going to go viral, that's how you're going to be remembered. Yep, RKO out of nowhere. Hmm. Or Stunner or whatever else you want to put in there. It it was around. (laughs) Oh, man, I feel bad for it. But no, it's another notch in the belt for Case Keenum, I think you have to say. I mean, yes, Stefan Diggs is the one that makes that play, and I think all credit to him. But he led them on that drive when it looked like it was pretty much done. The, the Saints had made the crazy comeback, and 
you were about to talk about how the Vikings blew it, and here you go. Well, and it's funny because right before that drive, you were talking on Facebook and said 26 seconds left, two timeouts. It's unlikely, but it's doable. And I'm like, I've seen crazier stuff happen. Those plays go on. And right before that last play, I'm like, well, hell, it's going to take a miracle now. Lo and behold, I doth spoke it into the universe. Exactly. And <laughs> it's just, it it's crazy. I think the look on everybody's face, the interview by Everson Griffin was, I think, classic in that. I think that's how everybody was feeling at that point. Like, what? is going on. I mean, the the uh, Vince Lombardi quote was never more appropriate. What the hell is going on right here? Like, just... Yeah, especially since his grandson's a coach for the Saints. It's more than applicable. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, now, Sean Payton goes out in the worst way, and Drew Brees as well. Now, Minnesota, I, I, I got to give you some crap because you had the chance to pull the potentially epic troll job. You're out there. You're sitting. You're waiting. Case Keenum is leading the crowd in a skull chant like he should have. Why don't Why don't you just, for total shiggles, snap the ball and go for two before the Saints get there? Oh, that's just disrespectful at that point. <laughs> I don't think you need to rub it in. That's just... You know, it's not like the Saints did him dirty or whatever, anything like that. It's the Vikings' fault that the Saints even came back and had a chance. So, you know, they ain't got nobody to blame for themselves if that happened. All the more reason. You just have them going, next time, gadget. That kind of thing. <laughs> I do appreciate that they actually say that we stole it from the from the Iceland team and Mm-hmm. not try to make it seem like they're the ones that invented it because they obviously didn't. No. <laughs> uh, but the uh, also the the Jags-Steelers game was crazy too. Uh, Jags were winning by a lot and then almost blow it. Uh, you know, Bortles was bordling it, as, you know, for a while and then he turned it back on. The Jags defense started... Coming back, I think you got to give the Steelers credit for for fighting through that. I think Roethlisberger, even on the with the last play to Juju Smith Schuster, four hundred sixty nine yards and five touchdowns against a pretty vaunted Jaguars defense. That was just a battle. And uh, Calais Campbell, if you're listening, can you hook a brother up with some lotto numbers? Because um, <laughs> times are a little tight, and I, I, I could use a little extra scratch. So could you do that for me? <laughs> <sighs> well, you know. And then uh, Leonard Fournette, of course, getting in a car accident doesn't help uh, matters. He's not injured, but. It's it's like just right there for the Patriots to just hey, we have uh, key players just getting hurt at the wrong time. What a Bruh. what a way. Uber, Lyft, 
Z trip, whatever. It's like wait till after. Well, that's not a guarantee that you don't have accidents during an Uber either. I mean, but it wouldn't be your own fault. You could sue. <laughs> Big difference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could, but I'm still. I mean, if he's injured, it's not like it helps the uh, the Jaguars any in the game that they need to play. <laughs> yeah, true. Although, I mean, T.J. Yeldon, he wasn't that bad, and Chris Ivory was a healthy scratch, so eh, I still see your point. Yeah, I, I just think uh, either way, look, the, the Jaguars pulled it off, got through, uh, killing my Super Bowl prediction, or the half of it anyway. The Steelers did not even make it past the Jaguars, uh, proving that Apparently, I guess you're just going to – we're going to beat teams multiple times during the season this year. That's just how things are going to work. The mm. Saints beat the the Panthers three times. The Jaguars yep. go and beat the, the Steelers twice. Yep, called it. Hold on. I love it when my uh, headset decides, oh, I need to charge you. Or you need to charge me in the middle of the podcast. And I have to, I can't do it while I'm, uh, it's, it's one of those things you have to look at, but I think certainly you got to give the Jaguars credit that the Patriots went and took care of business, right? They're pretty much how you expected. Uh, I love Malarkey sitting there talking about a first quarter pass interference or something that wasn't called. And it's like, wait, really? Is that how maybe. low we're going here? Maybe that's why you're getting, you're mutually agreeing to leave. It's, yeah, and in the first quarter pass interference when you should have told Dick LeBeau, hey, I know you're a legend in this league. I know you know what you're doing. But for the love of God, linebacker against Gronkowski, they, they kind of see that coming. Can you fix that, please? This ain't working for us. Well. You know, Dick LeBeau waited way too long, if at all, to make any adjustments to what the the Patriots are doing. I just think they couldn't – they didn't have the personnel to deal with the Patriots like that. It's like they don't have anybody that's going to – Gronk was wide open I don't know how many times. It's it's like, you know, it's it's near impossible at that point. So I think that they – they tried to stick with it, but the Patriots were going to pull away, and they did. So, uh, and the Falcons and Eagles was was a good game too. Nick Foles and the Eagles prevail in exciting fashion there at the end. Steve Sarkeesian is returning to the team, though, even though that set of play is, you know, those set of plays that they ran were awful. I, I, I can blame Sarkeesian a little bit, but at the same time, really look at what Matt Ryan was doing. I mean, it, it give Julio Jones credit for trying to jump up and make that pass, but I mean, come on, that was too high for just about anybody. Yeah, well, and then also the way he came down, he would have been out of bounds. Mm-hmm. So, so really, I mean, too- well, the the first throw, 
the one where he tripped and fell on that fourth down, he would have come out of bounds. So, it, you know, it, it was almost impossible. Even if he would have caught, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, so you're you're really not doing your receivers any favors in those situations. Yeah, and I just like I don't know why you're calling that stupid shovel pass at that point. Like I get it that you're trying to deceive the defense, but that's the defense that's expecting any kind of little thing at this point, making sure you don't get in the end zone. So I, I don't know. They have not been the same with Sark, obviously. But now you get a whole another year of dealing with him. I can understand not wanting to change OCs that quick. I mean, some other things go your way in that game. The Falcons are going through. So, is it really all on him at that point? No, it it, it isn't. And uh, I can only imagine what kind of revamps really, if any, that are going to happen over this offseason. And I'm hoping that cooler heads prevail and you maintain some stability rather than just running Sark out of town. I mean, speaking of being run out of town, I forgot to mention this over. Do you feel like it's... It, it, they did say it was mutual, and it seemed like they were removing... They were going to tell basically Malarkey... Okay, we're going to control who you hire here because you're kind of on thin ice if you want to be the coach. And I can sort of understand him. Like, why do you want to be in a situation where basically there's a hair trigger that can get be pulled at any moment well, if gee, you have like a bad run in, in the regular season? Well, gee, I don't know because they look at how he's done in the regular season previously and – even with this 9-7 and seven record and a playoff appearance and a playoff win, he still finishes his career as a Titans head coach with a losing record. So it's well, one and also, those... they got blown out by the Patriots. I mean, I think anybody would have expected that, probably even the Titans brass or whatever. But at, in the other stance, I think you're looking at it and saying, well, we did provide talent around Mariota, mm-hmm. and it's not Malarkey's fault that Mariota got hurt, right? And they had to change the way that they, you know, ran the offense at that point, right? And, and I do get that, but at the same time, your reputation precedes you. That's the blessing and a curse about the NFL being somewhat of a retread league. If you're known for a lot of great things in the past that favors you and that will make you a candidate to get another job and to maintain a job somewhere. But if you're known for screw-ups, people are only going to reach out to you if they're really desperate. Exactly. I I don't know. It's not like another guy that we're about to talk about that he sort of has a reputation as an okay offensive coordinator or well that you know he has a reputation at least with Eli Manning as his as the quarterback to being an okay offensive coordinator that he's getting interviews but Malarkey I, I don't know I feel like that was might have been his last stop but you never know I mean there's there's offensive line positions and, mm-hmm. and like other smaller coaching positions that he could get you know it, but how but with when you're 
top of the mountain, when you're one of only 32 people on the planet that say, I am a head coach of a National Football League team, where does your ego end? How far down are you really willing to go knowing that you've tasted from that golden chalice? Well, I mean, are lot, col- is not- some college asking for you? I mean, for colleges, yeah, that's a one thing. But for like a lower tier kind of grunt coach in the NFL, a lot of guys aren't willing to take that hit. So I think really, I don't, will I say this is the last we've ever seen of him? No, but he's really going to take time and uh, do a little reflecting and not just jump at any old job. Oh, probably not. I would agree with you, but I'm sure he has some people that might give him some kind of cozy spot somewhere. Uh, Speaking of the man I I just kind of hinted at, Ben McAdoo is interviewing for the Cleveland Browns job. I almost really just want this to happen. Please! I beg and pray to the football gods, let this work. I will never doubt you or your existence if this comes to be. Please, if not just for the comedy. You already have the weather trolling the team. Come on, give us all a little extra something. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. It's like amazing to me, though. Just please, uh, you know, Harry's line of stuffed in Macadoodoo will fully be realized because you went from being the coach of the Giants to now the offensive coordinator for the Browns in which somehow they might get worse. Okay. Now here's the thing. Number one, you're absolutely right. But number two, wouldn't that being worse just make things even funnier? I mean, picture this. They're talking about the parade, which I am still a Pretty pissed about that I was not invited to be Grand Marshal. But that's neither here nor there. They put up the graphic. I think you might have to start by living in Cleveland. Not necessarily. Whoa, whoa, let's not go crazy here, okay? Like I said, I'm willing to fly there and visit and do this, but if I have to actually live there, uh, no dice. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. But the, that's where the heart of rock and roll is. And? I'm, I'm just, I wanted to make that reference. <laughs> but, I was listening to some Huey and Lewis in the news earlier today. And yeah. Okay, well, I mean, that's fair. But, I mean, just think about all this, though. The local TV station, I believe it's channel, it's either channel 2 or channel 8. One of those. They got the graphics, the stadium in the background, talking about the parade, and they give a four-day weather forecast. It's Cleveland, which means it's cold. We're dealing with all kinds of freakish weather patterns, which it's even colder. Mm. Right next to the graphic is the first day of a four-day forecast. You have a high of zero for that day. (laughs) Zero. Can you guess what the low was? Negative 10. Minus 16. Put them together and what do you get? Minus 16. Oh, 
and 16, and the graphic was oh. set on perfect. Oh, sorry. I just got it. And the graphic was set up perfectly, and I'm like, the weather is even trolling you at this point. <laughs> Not just imagine, I could see Cleveland being like, oh, we're going to really be Cleveland, and we're going to have a parade in zero-degree weather. Well, considering is how for that four-day span it wasn't going to get any warmer than about eight, they didn't have a choice. I get you, but I could like, hey, we lost all of our games this season. Why not let's just be just total losers and have our parade in zero degree weather? Mm-hmm. Because we can. Yes, exactly. And you want me to live there? Yes. Let's examine that on another day. The uh, the. The Seahawks get a new coordinator duo, basically. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer comes over from the Colts. And Ken Norton Jr. leaves the rival San Francisco 49ers to take the whole defensive coordinator job at the Seahawks. I feel these guys both have good reputations, uh, especially Norton Jr. So I think good hires by Pete Carroll. Yeah, because, I mean, he's definitely going to need the help. But, ah, I don't know. I mean, with Ken Norton Jr. and his time with the Raiders, towards the end, there were people kind of calling for his head. And especially with the Raiders' secondary, you can kind of see why. So, I didn't know if he's absolutely the best guy for the job, especially since Seattle, their defense based upon the Legion of Boom, and let's face it, uh, the Legion kind of needs some new recruits. So, uh, I... It's going to be tough sledding. I get it, but it's going to be tough sledding. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Just... I think they'll be okay. I mean, it doesn't help when Jeremy Lane's already in trouble, and we technically the season's not over yet. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be a rough one for Richard Sherman to come back from that injury and Camp Chancer as well. I mean, you're only getting older, so there's only so many times you can go through this. But it's really the first serious injury for, injury for Sherman, so I feel like he'll be okay. And, uh, yeah, just you'll go back to being the remnants of what you were which is what you were before they got injured anyway. Right. And that offensive line better get some big help in the draft because it still has problems protecting uh, Russell Wilson. I know that they lost their very, very important uh, left tackle and everything, and then you go sign another left tackle, and he still gives you problems. And uh, Their right tackle, I think, had the most false start penalty. He was the false False start penalties are the most holding penalties in the league. And it's like poor Russell Wilson just can never get dependable offensive line play. No. In a division that's shaping up more and more where you're going to need protection because you're going to need to score points, that's going to be a major problem. 
he can't have another year where he accounts for all but one touchdown throughout the course of a season. And I've got to talk about some breaking news, apparently. Well, it's not breaking. This apparently happened at 4.30, but they're just now talking about it. Apparently, Washington State QB Tyler Holinsky, the backup to Luke Falk, uh, committed suicide from what? a self-inflicted gunshot to the head. Oh! Wow. To the Well, oh, I mean, wow. And he left a suicide note. He was a redshirt <sighs> sophomore. To the, into the head, and so that, I don't know whether, no, because with CTE, they would normally do it to the chest, so that way you can use your brain and do stuff, wow. I mean, if he's not really playing that much, unless you just got really whacked in Pop Warner. Yeah. Or in high well, school, I mean, you should be kind of be okay at 21, but. Right. I mean, 21 times are good. At least you would think. That's just sad. That is sad. But, oh. That's an awful image. I feel bad for his family. Uh, condolences go out to them to have to deal with that. Just yeah, that is, uh, Family, teammates, friends, the school, everybody. Because, whoa. My goodness. Well, you never know what's going through somebody's mind at that point. I don't want to speculate, but just sad to get that all of a sudden and then have to talk about it here. But uh, I think the last things before basically getting interrupted with that was uh, Pat Shermer expected to be the head coach of the Giants. Of course, the current uh, he's currently with the Vikes right now, so you know yep. they're basically waiting for what happens with them before he heads off. Yeah, he's waiting for the season to end, and there were rumors swirling around that Case Keenum could follow Shermer where he goes if he lands a head coaching job, but up in New York, that's at best a 50-50 proposition. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could happen, but I'd feel you'd think that they would just want to start fresh at that point. So, okay, let's go draft one of those quarterbacks and kind of be set for a while. You bring in one of the quarterback gurus that are out there, and let's see if you can mold them. You know, you've done it with Case Keenum and Sam Bradford and so on, so you should be able to do it with this guy as well, whoever it is that they wind up drafting. And also, Josh McDaniels is expected to be the coach of the Colts. So, I mean, that would work out great for Andrew Luck if he can make it back from that injury. So, we've seen... uh, Sorry, hold on. Yeah, so I I think this is a great thing for Andrew Luck. And, uh, you know, we've seen what McDaniels can do with Brady and... Uh, you know, did good things with uh, Cutler as well. So, you think that 
you know, if things are set better for, for the Colts now, if he winds up being the coach? Again, well, this is the same guy, McDaniels, who, let's face it, he is forever linked with Tim Tebow, at least in my mind. That aside, if he can shore up this offensive line, which has been just about as porous and god-awful as Seattle's, then yes, I think with someone, who Andrew Luck, coming back, hopefully, see how many years he has with him. You still got Jacoby Brissett, who you know when you're familiar with from New England. Yeah, I think the Colts can be just fine. Yeah, I think they will be okay, too. I mean, again, it helps a lot. You have any luck there already. I think the offensive line's all about you got some good pieces there. Just you got to get better in the draft about that. I uh, wonder if Frank Gore has got at least a year left. Even then, Marlon Mack was improving. T.Y. Hilton is still really good. And then with luck there, that receiving core already improves. Uh, you know, the defense is going to be the other question, but... I mean, that's kind of always been suspect for the Colts for a while, so uh, that's not too surprising. And it's also not McDaniels' area of expertise. So as long as the offense runs and does what you expect them to, then, sorry, I have family showing up, so the dog is going nuts. Uh, apologize if you're hearing that. But, yeah, so let's uh, let's close this out here with just just to see if you, any of your predictions change. I had Steelers and Vikes, so I have to change my AFC prediction, uh, which I'm going to go revert back to my original prediction, which I think was Patriots and Giants in the Super Bowl. Giants were obviously wrong, completely and utterly wrong, awfully wrong. Uh, I was not the only one to make that prediction, though, so I feel okay in that. Mm-hmm. But it just if there is a team out there, I want to say that there's a team out there that is built and can disrupt what the Patriots are. It's the Jaguars. They have a secondary that covers well. They have a defensive line that gets at you. Uh, they run some big blitz packages that can also be a problem. we got to remember that that offensive line is not one of the better ones in the league. They just not at all. Of, they've run into some, uh, you know, they, they ran into the Titans, which they didn't have to worry about that much. Uh, so... I think this is a whole different animal, something that they haven't faced really all year. This is a, you know, I, I think this is going to give Brady and them a problem. I do think that we did see Garoppolo, uh, you know, throw some, throw a lot against uh, the Jaguars. We saw the Steelers last week after the Jaguars got out to a big lead, uh, you know, come back slowly but surely. Uh, you know, Deion Lewis is not Le'Veon Bell, but he's been pretty good. And then you, you have your backs that you use. You know, Gronk is still a dude that it's very, very difficult to defend. I just, it's so hard for me to discount the Patriots in the playoffs when you're one went away from the Super Bowl again with all the drama and everything else. I think it would be really cool to have a Jaguars Vikes Super Bowl just because I think the NFL would I don't know what I think they would just shit themselves they would you know but 
I, I, I can't do it. I can't bet against Brady and the Patriots and Belichick and and all that until it's it's proven, until it's beaten. I have to go with them, and I have to say the Patriots are are going to the Super Bowl again. And I think the Vikings are going to beat the Eagles in the battle of the two former Ram QBs. Uh, I think. Look that that this could be a, one of those like ten to six games, easily. Or, you know, <sighs> go ahead. No, you 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 finish because. Well, I'm just saying. I I think there's a lot of just a lot of evenness mm-hmm. in a lot of the matchups that you look at. Uh, I think obviously the the Eagles have a better line offensive line and they have a better uh, running back core I would go with the Vikings receivers slightly over the the Eagles receivers there uh, the defense is also very close but again I feel like I, I've said it I think the Vikings are a team of destiny I think they're going to be that first team that becomes the first even though technically they'll be the away team in the Super Bowl they will be the first home team to play in a Super Bowl, and I think they win. Yeah, they would technically be considered the away team, and of course, when it comes to the billboards and video replay and all of that, it would still be considered a neutral site, so the Vikings couldn't get any advantage there. However, when it comes to the You know there's going to be Vikings fans that are going to be buying up tickets. Oh, there, there's going to be a good share of Vikings fans there. Don't get me wrong. And Vikings fans are going to make deals with everybody and all this and that. And from, if it's the Patriots against them, they're going to be the neutral fans team. Yep. I mean. Absolutely. So there, there's going to be a heavily purple atmosphere. But I will say this. When it comes to the AFC... A lot of people think I went out on a limb at the beginning of the playoffs when I had Jacksonville in this game. Well, here we are. I do realize that Doug Marone, as a head coach, has beaten these Patriots. Not in the same situation. I get that. Tom Coughlin has beaten the Patriots in big game situations. Although he's not in exactly the same position. I get that, too. Belichick knows that this is pretty much the last hurrah. He's not going to go through, plan everything that he's planned throughout this entire season, only for it to end short again. He is going to pull out every single stop he can, expose every vulnerability, so he can get what he wants, one last ring, before he lays waste to the organization. So be it. That said, while it's a tremendous Cinderella story, while everything seems to fit, while it's going to be unusually warm in Foxborough on Sunday, they're the 3 o'clock game, and it's going to be just about 45, 50 degrees. Rare. I don't think the Jaguars just have enough. I give kudos to them, 
but this is a repeat of history. Beating Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh in cold weather to go to New England the following week against a team that's a favored, hang tough, but lose. Because the week after the Pittsburgh Steelers lost to the Jaguars in that 31-29 game, or 32-29, the Patriots went to undefeated, or the Jaguars went to undefeated New England, lost 31-20. It could be a similar scoreline there. Who knows? But I think with everything going on, I myself just can't bet against New England. I had it at the beginning of the season, had it at the beginning of these playoffs. As far as for the NFC, let's face it. Nick Foles had a good game. A good game. But they still only managed 15 points against an Atlanta defense that's on a good day, slightly above average. Yes, Minnesota got torched in the second half, but you really think that they're not going to make those tweaks and adjustments, even if they have to go on the road? I'm sorry, but if it's coming down to another 13-10 slugfest, I don't see Philadelphia pulling it off twice. So, I'm sticking with my pick, New England-Minnesota. Patriots get another ring, and I won't have to deal with them again for another decade or more. So, there you go. Uh, Those are our predictions going into the championship Sunday. And until then, that's going to wrap it up for us here. Uh, This time we will have a show on Sunday talking about the two games, and then we might have a preview show later in the week, maybe that Tuesday or something. And, all right, until then, we'll see you later, everybody. Peace! The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.